0: The Lessons Learned for Vets podcast is proud to be brought to you by AFMA, the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Established in 1879, they are the longest standing nonprofit association empowering military families with affordable financial solutions for generations. Offering life insurance, wealth management, mortgages, survivor assistance, and other benefits, AFMA is here to support you through every stage of life. AFMA is dedicated to helping service members be financially and logistically ready for life after the military. To support you in this process, AFMA would like to offer you their free downloadable transition timeline, a step-by-step guide to help you create a comprehensive military transition plan. Let AFMA help you get ready for your next step by visiting afma.com backslash LL4V that's A-A-F-M-A-A dot com slash l the number four V or clicking the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, your military transition debrief from the veteran mentors who have gone before you. My name is Lori Norris, and I've been teaching veterans how to successfully navigate their military transition since 2005. I'm a civilian who speaks the language of all branches of the US military, and I'm on a mission to educate veterans in the job search marketing process. This podcast shares the military transition hot washes and after action reports of your fellow veterans to smooth your own path out of the military.
1: And then the other thing I think is really important, it's a culture shock. When you get out of the military, I'm not sure, I'm not sure I, I fit in now, but but I think some cases will take six months to two years to really uh, fit into the civilian especially, sector, especially a guy like me. Now, if you've been in three or four years now, eh, you don't have no problem. Being in 20 years is a little bit different, but somebody that stays over 30 years, it's really a culture shock. Because and the reason why is uh, again one percent of the military, one uh, percent of a country serving in the military. But I've I've been to places where I talk about the military, and people would change the subject. Uh, you know, and you think, well, you know, that's all my life I've been doing that, so it's, it makes you feel a little bit different. So, uh culture shock and, and trying to figure out what to, exactly you want to do and finishing your education. I think is is probably three things I think are really important.
0: On today's episode of the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, I am honored to welcome sergeant major jack Tilley. jack was the 12th sergeant major of the u.s army from 2000 to his retirement in 2004 during his 36 year army career he held a variety of leadership roles including tank commander drill sergeant and command sergeant major after his retirement he founded the american freedom foundation a 501c3 that supports veterans and their families jack is also a management consultant to fortune 500 companies president and ceo of j tilly inc author public speaker senior advisor all around amazing man and he is also the host of your next mission po- podcast sergeant major welcome to the show
1: well you know when you're talking about all that stuff man i must really be old there's a lot of stuff in that in that bio right there but no thanks so much for having me on the show i uh anytime i talk to uh, talk to Talk to anybody about helping our veteran community, and I certainly want to do it. That's for sure.
0: You know, you don't have to be old; you could just be amazing, right? So there you go.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm seasoned. Maybe that's what I should say. There you yeah. go.
0: Yeah, like a fine steak, right? So, <laughs> well, well, one
1: of the things that's uh, uh, is sort of amazing about your life when you sort of go forward and you start looking back at some of the things that you did, and some of the places that you've been, that uh, and some of the people that you met. It's all everything that you do is always about people. That's why. It, that's really why transitioning out of the military, I think that's a great topic to talk about with the veteran community.
0: Well, you, as we talked about, like our show is all about transition. And I just want to hear a little bit about how you navigated your transition and just how did you make the decisions and the moves that you've made in your career since your retirement? Because you had a an, an, very much an illustrious. Army career, but you've done some pretty amazing things since then as well. Dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, you know, it's I. You know, I think that maybe the key to success is never. I'd never say no. Uh, I think it's it's good to get out there. I, I love being around people. I love to talking to people. I love helping people, and so I I've never been able to say. In fact, even started my company. Uh, somebody approached me and says, "Hey, would you help me do this?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, that's not like." And that uh, two or three people turned it. A little bit more intent or something like that. So I mean it's just it's it's a little bit of luck, but it's all about uh, it's really about relationships, how you treat people, how they wanna be treated and how you communicate with people. I think the the key to success to any leader is is whether or not you're a good communicator and a good listener. And I think, you know, people and you make eye contact with them to be around positive people. And I, and I want to say, I hope I am anyway, a pretty positive person.
0: And uh, you have to be humble, obviously, because you're you're not owning up to all that great stuff you've done.
1: Well, I, I, again, I don't know if I have a legacy. I just did things I like doing and I was fortunate enough to do them. I love the Army and I love being around people in the Army and I love my life in the Army and I love my life out of the Army. Uh, so I mean, it's it's all about uh, it's all about working. You know, one of the, it's all about working with people. One of the things that bothers me, I think, sometimes though, is that uh, you know, if you look at our country today, when I mean, if you walk by somebody, a lot of times they're looking down at the ground versus looking you in the eye. And, and I walk by everybody, and I say, hey, "Good morning, good afternoon, how are you doing? Have a great day." And they look at me like I'm nuts, or you know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. If you reflect that positive attitude. I think it helps a little bit, and I think uh, people like that. Some probably don't, but I want to be positive about life. You know, life's too short. Uh, you blink your eye and it's over. Uh, so do all you can until you. In fact, so I was somebody was talking the other day. Says, uh, you know, if you look at your headstone, it's got a, a start date, end date. And what you're working on is that little line in the middle, right?
0: <laughs> Make the most of that dash every day, right? I love helping
1: people. And I, and if I can help somebody be successful in life and, you know, just a little bit. Uh, I know what I was talking about. But one of the things I think is so important when you talk to people is for that 15 or 20 seconds when you're communicating with somebody, it's really important. Whether or not you pass somebody over back or whether or not you listen to what their issues are or, or uh, you know, whatever it is. But take the time to be polite, talk to people and, and try to help people. Really, I, I try to help as many people as I can in my life and a lot of people that try to help me too. So, you know, what goes around comes around.
0: My kids harass me, but I always say, I, I always give every single person I meet the benefit of the doubt, right? Until they prove me otherwise, I maybe they're mean to me, they're rude, maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're rushing to the bedside of their parent who's ill. Like, I don't know. So until I get them to prove otherwise, I'm just going to, Give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they're a good person.
1: I got to tell you a quick story. My wife, one day, I, I came home from the army, and, and I was—I came home from work, and I said, "You know, I can't believe what this guy was doing at the army." I was all upset about what I was doing, and she looked at me right. Your spouses are are great mentors. <laughs> And she looked me right in the eyes. She says, you know, Jack, I remember hearing you do something like that one day. I don't make no difference. Don't make no difference. <laughs> he was right. I mean, sometimes you, you look at people in a different way and you got to look at yourself and, and you're, and you said it just a minute ago, sometimes people are struggling or having a bad day or whatever. And Don't try to judge them. Don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, entice them a little bit more to get more angry Try to, you know, solicit them
0: And some people are just buttheads And then we're going to let we're just going to bless and release them, right?
1: There's no question about that I- I'm with you for that Some people just, you just say well, I don't talk to you <laughs> well, I, I think on that part is uh, get away from uh, you know, If you run into somebody that's like that Very negative, always talk Just uh, don't deal with them Just go somewhere else Life's too short just to list that baloney Just get away from them, do something else
0: Exactly, alright Well, you and I talked last week, briefly, we started talking about the military transition. And, you know, that's what our show is all about. Right. So um, we talked about just some several different areas where you have some advice. So I'm just going to throw out some subjects at you and let's talk through some advice. You have things that you've learned, whether it's through hosting your show or you living it yourself or mentoring others. OK, you ready for this?
1: Absolutely. I'm ready. It's all like it's like a quiz. I, I got Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's that, like, password? I'm going to throw you the password. You give me your advice. So <laughs> maybe I just dated myself right there. I don't know. So let's start with preparing. Like, how far in advance do you recommend that service members start preparing for their military transition?
1: Well, if I, if I was real honest with you, I think when they come into service, they ought to start thinking about getting out. You know, but, but you can't <laughs> start thinking. you got to go through the front. I really honestly think uh, two years out is, is a good number for me. Uh, and that two years ago fast, but there's a series of things that I think you need to do. And, and, uh, first of all, uh, and I, and I did this too, pay all your bills off, make sure you're ready to get out of the service. People forget sometimes, uh, they should have a resume when they come into the service and continue to build on that resume. So make sure your resume is solid. And I think don't have just one resume, have two. have a military resume and have a civilian resume. Uh, so I think it, it's a good balance. Have a mentor. Now we're talking about two years out now. So have a mentor. Uh and, and some people want one. I think you ought to have at least three. Uh and when you're thinking about getting out, what you're thinking about to call them up, say, look, I'm thinking about doing this or doing that or whatever. But but have some people that uh that are already out of the service that can assist you in that process, uh, you know, to getting out of the uh the military. Here's a funny one. One of that I did. Is to get, a, to get a new cell phone. Sounds sort of ridiculous, but get that program going in the right direction until so you got your own cell phone, you're in to go one of the big keys though I think in success is finish up your education yeah again we're talking about two years out that should you I know, should start a lot farther out than that right but if you have an associate get a bachelor's if you got a bachelor's get a master's if you got a master's get a doctorate get as much education as you can before you get out of service now I've said this before and it, it, people are listening don't take it the wrong way it, it, it's what it does it gives you a piece of paper that opens up more doors uh, in some cases it, it you know I don't I was going to say it doesn't make you any smarter, but it does make you smarter. But uh, but it better prepares you to get out of the service and it opens more doors. And uh, you really let's be realistic; it's all about uh, taking care of your family, uh, your family, and financially being you know able to take care of your family and the things that you want. Uh, make sure you get a good solid physical. Uh, I think a lot of people now they have a better system when I got out. Uh, they have a better system out there that allow you to uh, get your physical. I know I'm talking a lot about this, but these are all really important. Disability is really a big one. Uh, people that that have, you know, I stayed 36 years in the service, and when I got out of the service, I didn't get any disability. In fact, I got eight zeros. Now that's, nah, come on, man, give me a break. Uh, but, I, but I didn't follow through with the system. I just say, uh, you know, the Army doesn't, you know, I'm a little crazy. I don't need anything. I'm fine. I can take care of myself. After about eight years, I went back and got, you know, really applied for disability. Uh, So that's important to do that.
0: I want to rewind a minute because the first thing you said, though it was a little bit half-joking, was I think when you enter the military, you should start preparing for your transition, right? You know, I just want to, like, let's just put a pin in the fact that the 12th Command Sergeant Major of the Army said you need to prepare even as you're in. I want to talk about that with you a little bit, because we have discussed like this long-term planning. And I think sometimes we are hesitant to talk to those young, you know, those E4s about their transition because we think, oh, they're going to just get out and then we'll have a retention problem. But I think we should talk to them about how to Um, mold their military career and their post-military career so that they can, like you said, have a military resume, have a private sector resume, so they can really optimize their military career and that will launch them into success after the military as well. What do you think?
1: I I think, well, I think you're exactly right. When I said two years out, a lot, of, uh, a lot of guys and gals that go into the military, they work, 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 work. But you're a lot smarter if you take that little bites. You know, if you just back up a little bit, I'm coming to the Army, I'm going to stay three, five, six, ten years or whatever. And I get my associate's degree and then I get my best. You know, so I take little bites. One of the other things is, we'll talk about a little while, too, is is most people don't know anything about their benefits and entitlements. So start educating yourself about your benefits and entitlements. But but I think, again, and I said it jokingly, but I think it'd be a smart thing for uh, our military services to do. When you do come in, uh, it should be a 360. You know, I, I want you to stay with us forever. But however, I want to educate you. I want to prepare you. and I want to move you out. Here's another thing that I think we ought to do. And, and, I, and the reason, I've thought about this for years, is we train people for 20 years. And they do a great job for the military. And when they're 20 years over, we say, okay, thanks a lot. Some of them go into government employment. Some of them don't. What I think we ought to do is about, oh, about three years out from uh, getting out of the service, they ought to be a website that says, okay, here's the jobs that are available in the veterans community or in the Pentagon or wherever, around uh, government employees. And if I apply for that, what do I need to uh, get certified in a specific area within that? And so instead of losing that talent, uh, let that talent come back into the military and help them out. You know, I, I always think. No, I think there's a lot of ways. But I, I in fact, I talked to my uh, old boss here today, General Shinseki. I uh, had a motor phone and was talking about some stuff. And and quite frankly, I, I told him. I said, you know, one of the funny things about the military, the military talks to themselves. They don't talk to Middle America. They're talking to themselves and 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 they're sort of listening to their own information. Well, that's that's good news that I did the same thing. But I think. What we need to do is sort of uh, sort of branch out a little bit, sort of get in the Middle of America and talk a little bit more, bring that uh, bring those uh, people in. One of the things that I think is a problem in our countries: one percent of our country serve in the military. Most people don't know anything about active duty service members. Don't know anything about them, and so uh, yeah, I, I, there's a lot of stuff we probably talk for forever about. <laughs> yeah, here's the other thing I'm going to say. This real quick is when you come into service. You know, when I got ready to get out of service, my medical records are about that big, real small. I never went on sick, I didn't have no problems, I didn't have no issues, and if I did hurt myself, I didn't document it, I didn't care. So getting your medical records documented, get all that stuff, put in your medical records, yeah, young soldiers are service members a lot better than I was then, but uh, those are just a, a few legs. Ex- uh, 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 the other thing I want to go on real quick is, is your medical records, uh, know how much you're worth, uh, I, I so here you go again, I, I got out of the... Uh, I got out. I was getting out of the military, and I have I don't know uh, four or five months to go, or something like that. So I said, "Well, I'm going to go to a transition workshop." And so I went over to the transition workshop, and I sit down. I was sergeant major of the army, and I was with a bunch of E4s, staff sergeants. <laughs> I'm sitting right there. Everybody's looking at me like I'm nuts. So I really, to be honest with you, I sit there for about an hour, and uh, and I say, this, "This isn't for me." So I got up and went back, and being a sergeant Army, I called the transition workshop, but. And- Send somebody over to my office. I'd like to talk to them about transition out of the military, and the guy, was very helpful. He came over and sat down. I said, "Hey, look, bottom line is what do I need to get out of service. You know what? What documentation do I need? What do I need to do?" And, and we started talking. He gave a really a, a lot of great information, and and then uh, and I think they have a different uh, program now for senior officers and NCOs too. So it's yes. a lot. Of but but then the, when he asked me a question, I thought I really sort of coughing. off guard. He says, "How much are you worth?" And I said, "Well, I don't know, fifty thousand dollars." What? I see. Is that too much? You know, and, and I really and, and it sounds crazy, but I spent a long time in the mill. I didn't know how much I was worth. Right. Uh, he said, no, "Let me tell you something. You're worth a lot more than that." I, and we talked about that. So I, I only say that because I think uh, education, all this stuff. Know how much you're worth. Know what you bring to the table. Know you know, what your value is for that organization. Yep. I think the thing you need to do too, again, two years out or three years out, whatever you want to do, is if you want to find a company that you want to go to work for, research that, that company, uh, see what their assets, see what their mission is, see if it's a good fit for you, uh, you know, and, oh, by the way, make sure your spouse is involved with everything you're doing.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that spouse because the spouse really needs to be involved. I, I can't even tell you how many people I know that have gone through a divorce or, things just fell apart in the transition process. So why do you think, or how important do you think it is to have that spouse involved?
1: Well, I, first of all, I've been married a long time. My wife is absolutely my best friend and, and I've never made a good decision. She's always made a good decision. Any bad decision. But <laughs> yeah, I made that bad decision, but, uh, but she's she's my best friend. And, uh, and really any spouse that, uh, tags along with you in the military, whether or not it's like I said, twenty, thirty or how many years you stay in the military, whether that's four or five. Uh they sacrifice a great deal for us. And uh, you know, they take care of the children. They do all the stuff. I was always deployed doing something and and I just really always felt that I owe my my wife, I'm talking about my spouse, a great deal. And so uh Having them involved in the process going to that transitional workshop. Let's be honest about that. Military spouses know more about benefits and entitlements than active duty people. I mean, it's the bottom line because they're involved in that process. They're talking to other spouses or whatever. And so they know the system a lot better. I I think uh, for me now, I think it's different for everybody else probably, but my spouse was a great mentor for me. Uh, I'd say, you know, I'm going to do this. and, And she'd say, whatever. But she point me there, I, I got to tell you, when I got out initially, I got to tell you a story real quick, is uh, I got out, we started building the house. It was, you know, 30 days, 60 days. Finally, we got the house built. We moved into the house. Everything's, you know, really going real well. And I'm sort of moving on. Now, remember now, I'm, all this time, 36 years, I'm always gone, never around the house and all this stuff. And then one day, she just, she just turned and looked at me. She says, don't you have something to do?
0: <laughs> can't you get out of my house <laughs> well, that's
1: exactly what you said go to work find a job do something else get out of here so you know, <laughs> but but yeah i, I you know i'm, I'm joking about a little bit but having your spouse involved with everything that you do is so so important medical records make sure or uh your family all the kids are coming up every make sure everything is updated squared away again it's a better system than than when i got a But yeah the spouse is a uh, Is a key to success, and and certainly my life, and and all the people I know. uh, You know, when I was in the military, spouses do so much.
0: And I would just, you know, remember your whole family, right your your children, your spouse, your if you're not married, your parents, your loved ones. You know, the people around you really want to help you and participate in that process. And you gotta have conversations, like honest, open conversations about everybody's expectations and. So that they can all be managed, right? And try to find that balance.
1: You know, it's really funny. Uh, know where you want to live. And that seems like an easy task to say, well, I'm going to live whatever. It, I, I never lived off post. I lived on a military post my entire career. You know, So when, when I this is another dumb thing I did. I moved out, built a house. I moved in my house. I walked her and started shaking hands. Hey, how you doing? Are you glad to meet you. All this stuff. And you know my wife told me? She says, you're nuts. <laughs> Those people are nuts. don't do that. <laughs> so, so, you know, yeah. Uh, and you're really right. Having your family involved and your kids involved in the process, because it's, I got to tell you one more story. I got a lot of stories, but I I, told <laughs> my dad, I said, uh, you know, Gloria, I'm getting out of the military. I'm going to be stressed out. I'm going to be really, you know, I've been been in charge. I've seen a list of guy for 1.3 million people. I mean, I'm really going to be here on fire here. So you got to work with me a little bit. She didn't skip a beat. She looked at me, she says, hey, look, you know, i am be getting out of the military. I got 1.3 million people I'm working with. I'm going to be a little shit. So her point with me was, hey, look, I've been doing just what you've been doing, only in a different area. So don't, you know, don't, don't think it just about you. So,
0: yeah, that's really a good point because their life changes so much, too. They lose their support system just like you do. And, you know, it, it really is a huge change for the military spouse as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, again, uh I've been married over 50 years. You know, my wife, again, was my best friend. And it, it's this is real small. I mean, she uh, pays all the bills. I just put the money in an account. <laughs> but she pays all the bills. We have certain areas. We have, you know, two or three different checking accounts A business for us. It's a business checking account, one for me and one for her. Now, they're all joined so we can get money out of each one of them. Well, that's another thing in the military. I was always deployed, so I wanted her to have her money. So we always had, separate accounts, and we just left it that way. It, it's a lot
0: easier. Yeah. And you got to figure out what works for your family and your situation, but gosh, you got to do it together, right? So anybody that's listening to this show knows that what I think is the most first, most important step in military transition, and that is to figure out your focus, because everything kind of follows from where you want to go in your next career. But what do you think is probably the first, most important step in the military transition?
1: Yeah. Uh, Geez, I, I I think trying to find out what you want to do is is probably one of the hardest things. And, and I got to be honest with you, I worked up until uh, up until two days I left Washington D.C. Uh, I was back in the Pentagon doing some stuff, and so I just and I tell people all the time, don't work to the last day after six months. Uh, you know, after you leave, people won't be know your name after about two weeks. You know, they'll what was that guy's name. But uh, <laughs> you got to make sure you take your time. I, I think the hardest, well. There's a couple of things. One is knowing what you want to do, and then the other thing I think is really important. It's a culture shock when you get out of the military. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I I fit in now, but but I think some cases it takes six months to two years to really uh, fit into the civilian sector, especially especially a guy like me. Now, if you've been in three or four years, now you don't have no problem. Being in 20 years is a little bit different, but somebody that stays over 30 years, it's really a culture shock. Because and the reason why is uh, again one percent of the military, one uh, percent of our country is serving in the military. But I've I've been to places where I talk about the military, and people would change the subject. Uh, you know, and you think, well, you know, that's all my life I've been doing that, so it's, it makes you feel a little bit different. So. Uh, culture shock and, and trying to figure out what to exactly you want to do and finishing your education, I think, is is probably three things I think are really important.
0: You and I talked about the importance of networking and relationship building in the military transition. Like how has that become important to you in your post military career?
1: Well, it's 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 uh I used I used to say everybody you talk to get a business card. Now they don't do that no more. I think they bang phones together. But uh <laughs> yeah. the uh Anybody that talks to you about employment, uh, two years out, three years, five years out, whatever, says, "Hey, look, uh, when you decide to get out of the service, contact me. Get her contact information. Uh, do the networking. You know, whatever." A lot of people like myself. that has been a long time. I, all the all the guys. Uh, and I'm no gals, but all the guys in my company are all retired military. So all the people in the in uh, my company are all military or associated with the military. Uh, and there's a, a large network of military people. So uh, anybody you meet, uh, contact information, do all this stuff. As much as you can, communicate with it, and, and depending on your job. Too. The, the second thing I'll tell you is about about a year out, uh, start floating your resume with those people, all the people that you met. You know, everybody gave your card and all this stuff. It could be a, a couple of hundred or fifty or whatever. Float your resume with them and uh, see if they come back. If they come back to you, then you can start that discussion uh, with uh, that person. And, and if you reach a point where they're going to, you can't sign anything because you're probably still in the military, but but they can give you an offer letter, say, hey, this is what we're looking for, uh, you know, some business of the salary you're going to look for. I always say there's a there's a bracket there. They may say they want to pay you $70,000. Well, really, you can probably work it up to 80000 Uh Remember, you got medical care, uh, your TRICARE and stuff is going to. You know, take away some from that. So uh, that's when you really reach out and get a mentor with you and try to help you out as much as you can as far as uh, negotiating a little bit. But going back to your main question is, oh, yeah, networking is really good. All the officers, non-commissioned officers that you work with, uh, reach out to them as many as you can and uh, keep in contact.
0: And I think, you know, we one of the key messages we share here is don't do it alone, right? There's no need to do it alone. Like you don't, I know it's a lonely process because everybody does it differently, but there's no need to walk that path alone, right? Oh,
1: no, Well, and that's really, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, so I've had a, a, at least one person I know committed suicide. Uh, and people go through depression when they get out of the service. You know, there's nobody to talk to in the military. You always have somebody that's around there and helps you communicate. and you're sort of bonded with friends and stuff like that But when you get out of here by yourself. Uh, so I have a thing that uh, on my show, we do little buddy checks. You know, every couple of weeks we say, call your buddy and, and see how they're doing. Just check, somebody I haven't talked to in a while. But yeah, that's, that's really important. Absolutely.
0: I think sometimes, you know, with the buddy check, it's like just knowing that someone would miss you if you were gone. And I know that there are times where we get to that point where we're thinking, no one's going to even notice if I leave. Uh, I promise you. There are people that will miss you. And uh and so you just have to maintain that, that connection with them. Um and I think that's part of that relationship building, isn't it?
1: It it well is you know, really the funny thing about that, if I haven't seen you in, in twenty years and I pick up the phone and call you it's like I talked to you yesterday. Uh right? it's I feel really like
0: you're just that kind of guy though. Like well, you have you know, that <laughs>
1: I, but I think I, I mean I I I did that. I haven't talked to people for six seven eight ten years and call them up and say look I need your help oh yeah I'm chit chat a little but they'll do it they'll help you I mean it's it's really if you look at them I think there's a, I got the numbers right about 17 million uh, veterans out there and about nine million use the VA or something like that but uh, yeah they'll they'll help if you have a yeah. relationship they met you sometime through your military career and I and I got to guarantee you, after 36 years I've met a lot of people the military that's for sure
0: i bet yep <laughs> you were you were in charge of 1.3 million remember you you and your wife were both in
1: charge of anything maybe the dog every once in a while But that's
0: about <laughs> you and i both had dr paul lawrence on our shows um he was the former undersecretary of benefits for u.s department of veterans affairs um I, you told me a little bit about your experience and you mentioned it earlier today about navigating the benefits process you first got you know zeros, which I can't even imagine. After thirty six years of service, you had zero percent. But tell me a little bit about your process and what advice you would offer about the benefits process for listeners.
1: Well, I think the first thing is uh, is start learning about the benefits process as soon as you can, you and your spouse. Uh, and 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 here you go, I mentor all other so. There's so much information, and what we do is we jam it up when we go to the transition workshops. we we'll try to teach you and. In six months, uh, something that should have took 10 years. I have, uh, and, and in fact, if you'd ask me what I know about my benefits and entitlements, probably the, I know a little bit, but, but not as much as I should. And I think the majority of people don't know anything about it. Again, going back to the spouses, know more about it. So uh, this, hopefully they don't get off your subject, but I think what we should do is put benefits and entitlements into the educational system within the military and teach them at the benefits of autonomous at a very young age in the military and let it just sort of flow through the military. So when they get out, uh, you know, they'll, they'll know what to do. What's really a shame is uh, uh, again, 17 million veterans only 9 million to use the VA, uh, the rest of them use the VA, which is a client shame. Those benefits are there they don't use it for some reason. So the answer to the question is, I don't know a whole lot about my benefits time. I go there and I expect people when I go to the VA to, to assist me or whatever, and you know, I do. I, in fact, I use the VA all the time, and it's pretty good. Uh, pretty good place to go.
0: And Paul has a lot of knowledge. It's been great to listen to him on your show. And like I said, we had him on a few weeks ago, and so I, I think he's been a really great resource. And his book, you know, Veteran Benefits for You, has it's, it's been really valuable. So. Um, I know you said you came out with all zeros. You went back a little bit later and and got reevaluated. Have you continued to go back to that process?
1: I have. In fact, what I did was uh, uh, I was overran in Vietnam and uh, 20 wounded and seven killed. And so I got, you know, PTSD or PTS now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certain things, if I say it, I may tear up. So I got to watch what I'm talking about. And uh, so anyway, they evaluated me and uh, when I went back, they evaluated me to gave me 10% for post-traumatic stress. I said, you got to be kidding me. So uh, I said, okay, I'll appeal the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I think it was almost two years later, I got about 18 or $19,000 or something like that. They moved it up over 50%. And I said, wow, wait a minute here. So I went, so I'm up, I'm up at 80% uh, on, my, okay. on the process. But, but I think it it's a smart thing if you find somebody uh, that was in the military, or one of the uh, veterans organizations that will assist you and put the paperwork together. Because, again, you don't know what's right or wrong. Don't try to do it yourself. Let somebody help you do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to pay anybody for that. There are lots of organizations that will help you for free.
1: Well, that, the problem is you have people that are out there scamming you that get on the website. You do stuff. They always want to try to suck you into paying money for it. But, no, you're right. There's, there's a lot of people out there that will assist you and. uh and getting your benefits and entitlements and what, what you deserve. I mean, yeah. you stayed in the military and you did all the stuff that uh, that we do for this country. And and uh, I, I think it's important for people to get their disability if they need it.
0: So once you went through the appeals process, they gave you back pay for that that rest of the time. So that that's uh, really good. I know it's a process. It's a long kind of drawn out process, a legal process. All of our legal processes are long, but at least you get that back pay. Once you get re adjudicated and, and re evaluated, right?
1: What I, what I did was two things. One is I found a, a sergeant first class uh, that's out in uh, uh, Missouri, I think it is. And uh, she's helped me out. Then when I went to the VA where I was at, and I'd seen a bunch of different people. And uh, and the last one I seen was, was lieutenant, lieutenant, a retired lieutenant colonel. And she says, uh, Tilly, that name sounds familiar. I said, yeah, I was a sergeant right you know, Ooh. Oh my goodness! And she she went through my record She started pulling stuff. You know, you should be getting this. And so it's you know it's you got to get to the right person. And and I you know I love the VA, I love all the stuff they're doing, but sometimes it takes you a while to figure it out. So
0: well, I really appreciate you taking your time to just share kind of your story and your advice with us. Any kind of last minute advice or lessons you want to share before we wrap up tonight?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is don't wait till last minute. You know, and uh, unfortunately, and I say was in the the military and. Quite frankly, I did it myself. Yeah, people will wait until ninety days out or sixty days out, and are you know, and they don't start. And you know, the worst people normally are senior in sales and senior officers that do that. They wait until the last minute. Now, uh, I had uh, had a general I worked for down here at CENTCOM one time, and uh, General Zini was a a four star in the Marine Corps. And I went to his change of command, and when he finished, it, he passed the of colors, and he looked at me, and he said, "You know, Sergeant Major," he said, "I hadn't drove a car in ten years," and he says, "I'm not sure how I'm getting home today." Oh, it was so funny. I mean, I don't know if he's joking or not, but but I thought to myself, you know, he's, he's really right. I mean, people have been, uh, you know, so you hey, he sort of leading you around there a little bit. And I had a I won't tell you this guy's name, but uh, I had a four star working for one I, before I got out of the army, and he says. Uh, Hey, Sergeant Major, uh, you know, I'm getting out. You know anything about those E-tickets? <laughs> I say, I sure do. I know a lot of because because I used to tell people, I don't want you to do anything for me. I'll do it myself. I don't want you to carry my bag or do all that stuff. Because when I retire, you're going to be there to pull my bag? No. So I do all, go get my P-ticket, do all the stuff I got to do. And so you got to be careful about it. So I, I think the first thing is, uh, if I was going to give you some advice, is uh, realize it's going to be a a little bit of a culture shock when you get out, uh, but there's a lot of people that came before you and they worked through it. So there's not a problem. Make sure you really, you know, the mentors we talked about today, make sure you get some mentors out there a little bit. And uh, probably the last thing is, and you've said it already, you're not alone and there's people out there that will help you. Don't don't go home, sit on a couch and get depressed about something. You're part of a very small uh, family and allow them to assist you any way you can. So it's just, uh, you know, I wouldn't give you my phone number, but if you call me, I'll be hanging up or something. But uh, but uh, yeah, don't think that you're alone. Help each other out. And remember, uh, we're all in this fight together.
0: I think one of the things that like really stands out for me today is that it doesn't matter if you're an E4 or a four-star general. If you don't have the right attitude and if you don't prepare, you're going to struggle some.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I'm sort of, <laughs> sort of, I try to stay as, my wife says, How can you stay happy all the time? Because I love life. It's all about attitude. Uh, it's all about being positive, staying focused. You know, you get around with a few people, and we talked about it a little while ago, but oh, woe is me, it's not gonna work. I can't get it done. And my attitude is I can do anything I want to do. In fact, somebody asked me one time, he says, uh, he says, he says, Sergeant Major, what can't you do? I said, Nothing. I said, if I decided I wanted to be the president of the United States, I could do it. I, there's no job I can't do. Uh, there's a lot of people as good as I am, but there's nobody better, and so I, I don't look down at nobody, and I don't want nobody looking down on me. And I think that's the way to look at life, you know. Just take the good, take the good things of life, smile every day, push every day, but be user friendly, be a team player, and, and get the job.
0: I'm already pushing for Jack Tilly, 2024 candidate for president. Let's make it happen. I'll be your campaign manager.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because somebody emailed me the other day. said, that you consider running for president? He said, I'm going to make some shirts. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, I tell you, I, I not getting too much into politics, but, but uh, you know, in, in the Army, what I do is I'd have three things I want to accomplish every every year. We're all the senior NCOs and all the sergeant majors, stuff. And we would focus on those three things. And I'd tell people what we was doing about, whether paid medical care, whatever the heck it was. And I think that's what our country needs to do. I think, you know, we 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 don't want to. It's, it's not Republican. It's not Democrat. I'm an American. Yeah. Period. You know, I'm really, I mean, I vote for the right person who I think is the right person. Right. The right to vote whoever you want to vote. So if you you disagree with me, that's okay. You can disagree. But but this is a great country. I've been all over the world and i have seen some pretty brutal stuff in my life. And I know uh, that this is the best country in the world. Do we have problems? Sure we do. But uh, you got to work through that stuff. You can't, you know, can't say I don't like you because of whatever. I I like everybody. And, um... you know, if it, something breaks, or so what? I'll fix it. You know, let's get it done.
0: Like we said, until you show us you're a butthead, then we're going to just move away from you. So there you go. Oh, Jack, it was a pleasure having you. I promised you I wouldn't call you Jack, but I just did. I,
1: I tell me you can call me whatever you want. Just don't screw up my pay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have a great evening. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Well, God bless. Hoo-ah! Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast. If you learned just one lesson today that you believe can help you in your military transition, then I've done my job. Please don't keep this podcast a secret. Share it with as many of your active duty service member friends and transitioning veterans who may be struggling with that process as possible. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and join our YouTube channel so you don't miss any lessons that we share.